0: want to ask you how many of you how many of you have a thing for Jesus huh come on it's all right talk to me how many of you are here because well you have no idea why you're here that's right you're here for a specific reason aren't you God's got some good stuff for you Mm. I am this is my first chapel service so, this is, uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I, had my, I had my first sermon uh, over there at EGC. And now I have my first chapel service with all of you guys. I'm trying to get my bearings here. You go down here, Fred. You're going to fall. too so much going to have to get used to this. Someone's going to have to put a string on me and pull me back. I want to talk with you today about some Jesus stuff. I wanna talk about Jesus and you at the same time. What God wants to do and how he wants to do it in you. I mean, when I, I, again, I was here in 74 76 and I didn't know it then because I was one of you, but when I look from this perspective down, you guys look awesome. You're just, you're just, I see nothing but leaders, young men and women We're going to lead and do great and wondrous things for the Lord. So I'm excited about that. You know, we're down a few, so international students are able to come because of, because I'm able to get into the state and, uh, COVID hit us, uh, with a right hook, but, uh, God doesn't allow things like that for nothing. There's nothing that can limit God. I see it as an advantage. You think it's the first pestilence? Pestilence the world has seen. No, it's not. And I'm looking forward for God to do some great, and wondrous things. So I want to talk with you some. I want to talk with you today about something, and then I want to read something to you uh, at the end from one of our students who gave me something that was a tremendous confirmation to um, to something that uh, God has been speaking to my heart. For some time. So this is called become aware of the atmosphere. The moment in the times that you're in. And we are in some pretty turbulent times. Matthew chapter 24. By the way, I don't have it on the PowerPoint. So you're going to have to do something that is a little different. You're going to have to take your Bible. (laughs) Or your app. One or the other. I didn't want to give it to My brother Gabriel, he's he's had a long weekend. (laughs) He had a lot of doing. So I want you to turn to chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 32. Chapter 24, verse 32. Or just listen. Jesus said this, in being aware, he said, from the fig tree, they learned a lesson. As soon as its branches become tender, and gets out its leaves, then you know that summer's near. Jesus is saying, I want you to be aware here because when when the leaves begin to become tender, then then summer's becoming near. So sense that, know it, because when you see that sign, something else is gonna happen. A season is gonna change. But you have to be aware of it, because if you're not aware of it, you're gonna miss it until it actually hits you in the face. And so, in order to catch the seasons of God with us, you have to be in the spirits. We were that way just a moment ago. We were praising God and worshiping Him. You, have, you do know you have direct access to the Holy Spirit of God. This powerful, powerful force that brought you to this place. This force that drew your heart to Christ. It can only be known by those who know him. So Jesus is starting out and being aware here. He's just basically saying, I want you to be aware because when things happen, you see certain things, other things are going to transpire. All right, I'm building here. Now Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 6. You don't have to turn. You can listen if you care. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 6, it says this. Habakkuk's complaining. How many of you have ever complained? <laughs> What have you complained about this morning? Come on, somebody give me something. Waking up too early. What's early? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, six didn't do bad. I wake up at six, you know. Uh, How how many, well, some of you, and you're not going to raise your hands, and I don't want you to raise your hands, but talk with your parents, maybe one or two might go, they might go, well, he or she complains a lot. It's not hot enough. It's not cold enough. It's not salty enough. It's not ironed right enough. It's, or don't iron it because I like to wear it wrinkled. And if you would my Mom, don't put patches on it because I bought them with holes in it. And that's exactly the way I want to use them. <laughs> on our, I, you know, we were kind of hippies. We had holy stuff. Uh, and uh, it was ripped up. And it's not because we bought them that way. It's because we just made them that way. You know, it just kind of ended up that way. Some of you some people complain maybe you compl- maybe maybe you know somebody's brother sister's uncle's aunt that might be a complainer all right maybe you don't complain but here's a and he's complaining to god which is something have you ever complained to god oh no no i will not do that he's holy god and if i complain to him i might become ash so i don't want to complain to god he's your father he's your abba father You can complain. You can talk with him. He wants to interact with you. That's what prayer is, engaging with God and just talking with him. So Habakkuk says this. He says, how long, God, am I supposed to be crying for help here? Because that whole time frame was all messed up. It was a bad time, as I mentioned in the sermon on Saturday. How long am I going to have to put up with this? And, and Lord, why aren't you listening to me? I cry out violence, but you don't save. I would think you would save more. I think you'd do bigger things, but you're not doing kind of what I'd hoped you would do. Why do you, why do you make us look at injustice? Why is this stuff going on? Every time I turn on the television, it's just bad stuff, it's, it's not good. It makes my heart ache. God, why are you doing all this? Why, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Why don't you, you know, destruction and violence are before me and all the strife and conflict, it's every place, it abounds wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I see, whatever I look at, it's in music. Did you catch a glimpse of the MTV stuff? Maybe you didn't, cause you're holy, all right? <clears throat> now, if, it's, <laughs> if, there, if it ever makes me never want to look at that thing again, that was one of the, I you know, I read about it. I didn't really watch it. Some of the little video clips, uh, you know, uh, Lady Gaga. Stuff. It was, I'm going, why are you doing this? Where did the music go? I mean, I'm not saying that you guys don't have good music. I'm just saying some of this stuff is, the wordage and what they do, it's like they're out there and it's like, they, they have no conception. They're very, very, very talented human beings, but I'm thinking some continuity to this, you know? It, it's just, it's way, way out there and the ratings are Massively low down. Very few people are watching it. Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict that's everywhere. The law's paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked, hem in the righteous. So that justice is perverted. God, burn them up, God. Take them all and burn them up. Take all the bad people and just let them rip. God Almighty and your holy love. Burn them up. Oh, Lord. God doesn't want anybody to burn. (laughs) God's willing that none should perish, but all will come to repentance, even the people that you don't like, even some of the people you see on television, some of the crazy stuff that's going on. Burn them up, God. Aren't you glad that God didn't like us sometimes? He loves us. And he loves people who are messed up. Maybe you were messed up before you came to Jesus. Huh? Well, not me. I've always been a boy, good boy and a good girl. I said my prayers, ate my Cheerios, put my milk away, took my vitamins. I was fine. No, no, it wasn't me. Come on. Some of you had some rough times. It's okay. So then Habakkuk's going, this is just crazy. And then God answers him and he says this. Habakkuk, look, I want you, to, I want you to, 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 to do something. I want you to look at the nations and I want you to watch. I want you to be aware now. Habakkuk, you got you, something's gonna happen in here and in here because I'm about to do something that's gonna blow your mind. It's gonna be utterly amazing. And he said, um, for I'm um I'm gonna do something in your day. You've been praying, I'm gonna do something, but I'm gonna do it a little different than what you thought. If I told you what I'm gonna do, you would say, God, I don't believe you. I couldn't conceive it if I had five brains and my prefrontal cortex exploded with every bit of creativity that I can possibly have. I wouldn't believe it. And that's exactly right, Rebecca, because I'm God. I can do great and marvelous things. Even if I told you you wouldn't believe it because here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be raising up those nasty bad guys, the Babylonians. Those ruthless bunch of impetuous no-gooders. I'm going to raise them up to do something for Israel. You're crying out, and there's no doubt there were some other people crying out at the same time. And he said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to raise up the bad guys to do something good. Does that blow your mind? Does that blow your theology? That God is able to use evil to accomplish good? God wouldn't do that, would he? He would use evil. I thought God can't get around evil. All of us have sinned, right? You know, we were born in that atomistic environment. He accomplishes good things through evil things. Does that rattle your theology somewhat? God used the Babylonians to bring Israel back around to him. And Habakkuk's crying out with all of this. You're not listening to me, God. I'm praying, but everything is messed up, it's screwed up, nothing's really happening the way it's supposed to be. There's violence, there's injustice, there's destruction, there is strife and conflict, the law seems to be paralyzed wherever I go. I mean, we're looking at the television and and there's, uh, there's hate, there's hate everywhere. People hate people and they're hurting one another And neither are listening to the other person, which is a sure uh, recipe for destruction. Remember what I said the most powerful thing you're ever gonna do is listen. Listening is a lost art. To stop and listen to somebody says, You're important to me. And when I listen to you, then I find out something about your life. When I find out something about your life, now I have something to say to you because I'm finding out aspects of your life that. Are very very important to me. So back saying the devil seems to be giving away with everything. He seems to have the edge. The enemy never has the edge. The enemy never has the edge at any time, in any place, in any decade, in any century. It might seem like it is, but he doesn't. Uh, I've had people come to me as a therapist uh, because of the COVID and because of uh, all that's going on and they're locked up in their home. I just had another situation this morning. Uh, a pastor and his wife in several states away saying, "Can you counsel me because us, because we're in really bad shape and, and uh, this is a lo- rather large church in this state and uh, you got to help us. And I said, well, I don't counsel anymore, even though I'm still licensed. I don't do that. I happen to be the president of Yale Bible Institute in college. And I got enough problems of my own, and I have to sit in the mirror and counsel myself. <laughs> it's cheaper that way, by the way. <laughs> so, COVID makes people, uh, made people get upset. You know, I've been around you now for five, six months, five months more, going on six months. You drive me nuts. We were never around one another that much. I can be around my wife that long. It doesn't make any difference, does it, honey? Because I'm, I'm cool. Ain't I? with you? Yeah, we're we're good. That's right, most of the time, sometimes. Um, And so there's problems and there's difficulties and there's issues and people are doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then they're in the streets and what's going on and of course the political environment and everything. We just wonder what's going on. All the hate that's people are getting hurt, people are getting killed. And we go, why are you doing this, God? Because God's allowing something very specific to happen. By the way, people have been doing this since man. It's horrible, but it is. Then God answers, Habakkuk again, and he says this to him. Now, Habakkuk, I want you to just take it easy, and I want you to sit down. I'm embellishing, obviously. I want you to sit down, and I want you to to, to write down this revelation so that you can speak it out. I want you to write down this revelation and put it down because you got to preach it I want you to write it down and perceive it because you've gotta you've gotta check the atmosphere of the spirit here because if you don't, you're gonna miss what I'm trying to say. Write this thing down. How many when how many when God speaks to you sometimes you just write it down? If I just put it in your phone or something, I do that. You just it's good to do that. Just write, and then you can go back to that and hear what God said. I, I've gone back to things that I wrote down when I was here at Elam. I went back when, when I was, uh, we were first married. My, my wife was pregnant with our first son. We were in a church in Baltimore. And uh, there was a prophetic word said to me that I thought was going to happen the next day. And it's just happened. It's just happened 150 years later. <laughs> and he said, write all this stuff down because it's coming at an appointed time. It's not going to come when you think it should come. God, I'd like to have it right now because I want peace in the earth. I want everyone to kiss and make up. We can be happy. It isn't always that way. So it's not going to come the way you think it's going to be be becoming. There's a time. There's a season for everything. I was raised in an Italian home. My father was was uh, from Italy and my grandmother, my nonna, she would uh, make spaghetti sauce. We're from Baltimore. My My uncle had a little grocery store that was for the big chains and all that stuff. And she would make it when she made it. She just didn't make it quickly. You don't make anything, anything worth having is worth taking your time, right? Well, if you had to have an operation, would you say, uh, okay, I have to have my appendix out, doc. Would you get in there and do it quick, please? Do it as quick as you can, rip me up, do what you gotta do and get out because I'm hoping tomorrow I gotta go to Ocean City, I gotta go a couple places and I want this through. No, you're gonna go, when you're in there, take your time, please. Don't look at the clock, please don't listen to music. Don't send the text. Watch every tool you use, please, and make sure you account for it so that it won't be in my belly somewhere in an x-ray. And my grandmother made this sauce, and she and she made it all day long, and it simmered. Oh, she used to put the spices in the oregano and the onions and the garlic. Sweet, sweet garlic. Oh, hallelujah. How many like garlic here? How many like to eat it raw? How many can eat three, four, five bulbs a day? Chew it up like gum, crush it and use it as cologne. Just mmm. Just eat it, I, I have a, if, if there was, a, a, my wife can attest, if there was a garlic rehab, I'd have, between garlic and raisinets, if there was a garlic rehab and raisinette rehab, I'd have to be in both. I love garlic. Now, my father was a, a dark-complected uh, Italian, I'm, my mother was Scotch-Irish, I took a, more after her, but I got the garlic thing. I love garlic, I eat it all, all the time. It just, I can't stop it, it keeps away flies, mosquitoes, and small children, okay? <laughs> So, it's not a bad thing sometimes. So, uh, he says, there's a timing with this. I'm going to end all this stuff. It may take a little while, but you're going to have to be aware of it. I'm going to wow you, Habakkuk, because I'm the one. I am who I am. And I will do what I do, the way that I do it. And when I do it, I'm going to amaze millions of people like I have. All for one reason, to bring many sons to glory. Sons and daughters, men, both to glory. And as I said in my sermon, I don't want to mean to be redundant there on Saturday, social reform, I mean, look at all this, and look at all this stuff our back is going through. Social reform ultimately is not the answer to the ills and the pain and the wickedness and, and the selfishness and the injustice in our society. It is transformation that cures the angry sociological environment. That's what, if, you, if, you, if you just uh, transform the heart, then the mind cooperates with that. The soul cooperates with that. you got to be aware of the atmosphere of the Spirit of the Lord. Because transformation is something that happened to you. Transformation is something that happened to me. Transformation is things that happened to other people. I've known wicked, wicked people that when they came to Jesus, their whole life, their whole outlook, their whole mentality changes. We move from that hate environment to forgiving people and wanting to listen and to hear and to begin to believe God the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and the lives of other men and women. I'm gonna shift again into John chapter 9. John chapter 9, Jesus is healing the blind man here. It's all kind of coinciding together. And uh, the disciples came to the Jesus and he said, I wanna, God, you know, this guy can't see. So I, I'm gonna ask you, wh- who sinned? This guy or his parents? Somebody sinned because he's blind, he has a deficiency. He can't see who did it. And Jesus said, neither of, neither one of them did. Here's the reason the guy's blind. So that right now my works can be on display. He's blind because I'm going to do something and you guys are going to have to wait here. He's been waiting for some time. He was blind because of the Adam, from Adam, you know, stuff happens to us physiologically, emotionally, psychologically. It happens to all of us. And he said, but I'm going to do something very powerful here. And so Jesus said, I want you to do Watch, guys. I'm going to do something very, very spiritual. I'm going to do it. you've you got to catch it. He's saying to his disciples, watch out. Just, just, just control yourself because the power of God is going to come down. Sweep up a little dirt. And... <clears throat> Spits in the dirt. Spiritual. Spits in the dirt. Laps it up and puts it on the guy's eye spiritual <laughs> I mean is that, is that what we look for when we ask I'm waiting for you to do something very very fantastic and then you do something that I think is crazy because God isn't like us his ways aren't like us Jesus did some crazy things but he always got people's attention and out of that people came to know the gospel so Jesus spits on the ground and he says you know I want you to go to the uh, pool of uh, Siloam. And I want you to wash that stuff off. And uh, and by the way, Siloam means sent, by the way. Wash them off because, I'm gonna do something, sent because that's exactly what God is doing for you. He's sending you somewhere. He may send you back home in your community, he may send you to a church, he may send you to another state, he may send you to another country, he may send you into multiple different ministries, but you are here to be sent. Some of you are going to get married, as I said. To you know, this is all you know. This has been known for almost a hundred years now as Elam Bridal Institute, <laughs> and there'll be a few of you that'll do that. It's not a bad place. You just got to know. Give him the checklist. You're going to marry him. Give him the checklist. You got to line up here. You gotta check, check, check. Well, how come you, it seems rather unusual that I have to do all these things before you say amen. You better do it now, okay? Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. <laughs> it would be her to me, be, be, she's the one, she's my, I'm her grace grower, no, I love her to death. And so then the Pharisees, uh, the Pharisees begin to ream him out and, you know, who, where did, you didn't really get healed. You didn't know all this stuff. This is crazy. Uh, you're in cahoots with this Jesus guy. Yeah, bring your parents in. I'm going to find out if you've really been blind. Yeah, they brought his parents in. He's been blind. I'm telling you, he's been blind for a long, long time. And uh, and then um, after that, they they, uh, they it's like the Spanish Inquisition is going through it all again. And he's trying to say it over and over and over, and it's funny the guy said, look, look, guys, I don't know, I can't compete with you Pharisees and all of your smartness, I don't know, I, but here's what I know, guys, try to get it, just try to understand, okay, all I know is, is I've been blind all my life, and now I see. The man put some spit mud on my eye. He could have put a boulder on me. He could have shot me with spinach. I don't care what it was. He could have done anything and slapped me with a piece of bologna. I wouldn't have cared what he did. But now I see, you figure it out. They say he's the Messiah. I say he is. (laughs) And so everything, he was blind, but now he sees. We're living in a blind generation. Not everybody, of course, but there's a lot of blindness going on. And you possess the ability to help people to see because you possess Christ. You possess the one who longs to possess others. In Ezekiel chapter 36, it says, I'm going to give them a new heart. I'm going to give them a new spirit. I'm going to take that stony heart that they have and I'm going to make it really nice. I'm going to make it fleshy because I open their eyes when I do that thing, and then they begin to see. God actually used the Babylonians to do a great and fantastic work in the lives of the children of Israel. I want to fast to the last one, and that is Joseph here in closing. They were blind. God caused the sky to see. We live in a blind generation. You are their glasses. Because you possess, it's Christ in you the one. Say it again. What? He lives in you. He doesn't live in this concrete or this carpet or this podium or this pulpit or this this oak. He doesn't live in this. He he comes in when you come in. He lives inside of you and all around you and consumes every atom in your body. And sometimes that's difficult because sometimes you go through stuff, don't you? Some of you go through heartaches and difficulties. Some of you struggle with Some mental illness, some of you, no no problem with that, but you have other issues that you deal with, and the enemy always is trying to grab you away from the thing that God's trying to place within you. That's okay, you're gonna walk through this and you're gonna be all right. Just don't give up, don't give up. Say that, all right, I won't give up. I won't give up, because God's gonna run to your rescue. He's gonna provide you with everything you need. In closing, Joseph chapter 37 through 50, we're not gonna read that. But in 13 chapters, God talks about Joseph. And God uses an act of evil where Joseph has these dreams, and he's telling his brothers, and the brothers don't like it. And so Joseph is interpreting these dreams, and the brothers said, you're making me crazy. Dad likes you more than any of us. And so they figure, we're just going to kill you. So he took him on a long journey. They were going to kill him. And one brother says, don't kill him, don't kill him. Just throw him in a hole. Just throw him in a hole. Have you ever felt like you've been thrown in a hole? And nobody's around, nobody cares. God, I know you love me, but it's dark. I've prayed and i prayed and i prayed and i prayed, but I'm in a hole. And that's where it seems to be where I'm at. Are you ever gonna show up? Is it ever gonna happen? It did. He gets out of the hole. He goes, in, and then his, and he gets out of the hole and then it goes from bad to worse. <laughs> He's a, he's a, a accused of rape, Potiphar's wife. He put in prison, brought up, brought in again. He's not he's just not in good shape. Up and down and up and down. His whole life begins to be an up and down with God, and he just trusted and hoped and waited. So finally, God brings him to a place where he's the second most powerful person next to Pharaoh. There's a famine in the land, and all of Israel is dying. All the people are dying. And he comes in, and the Israelites said, we've got to go back and just humble ourselves. Please, please give us food. We're dying. And who's on the throne? But Joseph. You know, they wore makeup back then, because he was an Egyptian. So they didn't quite make it. It was his brothers, and they didn't quite make him out. Joseph gets off of his throne. He goes in the back and starts weeping and crying heavily. Because he sees his, his family and he just starts weeping because he loves them, and they wipe wipes the makeup off. And he comes out, and his brothers go, "Uh oh, <laughs> that's Joseph. We're dead." And instead of that, he reaches out and he kisses them, and he loves them, and he said, "This, you meant all of that stuff for bad for me, but God meant it for good." Because right now, because of all that stuff that happened, I'm able to feed all of Israel and save every single one of you. God used that experience that would seem to be an evil thing in comparison to do something wonderful in his life that caused Israel to, be, to come back to God in a fury and believe the things of God. But they were up and down like they often are. Be aware of the seasons in your life. You're going to be going through some of those right here at Elam. You're going to be up one day, and you're going to be down the next. You're going to be flying on the moon, and hallelujah, ain't God good. And the next day, you're going to be going, scrape you up with a spatula. Well, how about yesterday? You were really up with the Lord. I don't know. Something happened. I've been complaining, but he's just not doing the way that I think he should do. I I don't know. You just, it's its life's waves. It's—it's it's, You stick in there because you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to be 50 years old. You're going to blink them again, you're going to be 70 years old and you're going to look back and you're going to go, this is just, happened yesterday, I can't believe it. But in between, it's going to be a rush, an absolute rush because God is bringing us revival. I spoke to Dr. Steve Green today. How many familiar with Charisma Magazine? Uh, it's, it's it's the second largest Christian magazine in the world. It is a charismatic magazine next to Christianity Today. Not I don't know people don't read magazines a whole lot now, but the fact is they want to do a story on you guys, uh, the graduation, and a, a statement that I made in the graduation, and uh, the fact that I dare talk about revival, when maybe other people might be going. It doesn't look like revival. It looks like we are in a hopper and somebody flushed it. It just doesn't look good around the earth. But something is happening and something is transpiring. And I've been getting confirmation after confirmation after confirmation about this. And I'm logging all of these down. And uh, yesterday, I got a a, a Maddie Brown. Where you at, Maddie? There's Maddie. Woo, Maddie Brown. Sounds like the name of a rock group, I don't know why. You gonna go listen to Maddie Brown tonight? And he gave me this and I said, can I share just a portion of it? This is something that's been happening. People all over the place at graduation had people come up. This is all over the place. People are telling me and this is there's other leaders throughout the country that are saying this. And Maddie said this, he said, about four years ago now, I was leading youth at a local church back home. I was asking the Lord what to do next having this deep desire and hunger for the Lord, I found myself driving down a, a backcountry road. And as I was driving, I was worshiping. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came over me, and I, and the likes of which I have never had the Holy Spirit come over me before. I had an open vision of the United States. And what I saw was, Different wells popping up in different locations all over. And I saw fire coming out of the wells. And I knew that the fire was a representation of the Holy Spirit. And I had no idea what to do after that except to pray and to fast. And in that moment, had this revelation drop into my spirit that revival would come through a young generation dares to pray and who dares to fast and believe God. And he ends it by saying, well that was, he ends it by saying um, believe in God for radical prayer. A vision I saw in seeing a whole generation praying and fasting, radical obedience to the Lord and revival of the church and the souls to be saved with signs and wonders. How many believe that God can do that? Maddie, thank you for that. See, see, I got to stay six feet away from you, all right? See, in closing this, this is what I'm talking about. This is God. This is your hour. This is your time. That's the reason you're here. I've gotten, God gave me vision in a plane coming back from the EF conference about revival. Paul johansson some of you may remember his name he, Your building over there where the chow hall is is named after him great man of god used to be a president he talked about seeds being thrown you are the seeds seeds being thrown another person said there was arrows being shot up there were students they were falling all over the nation and where they fell fire consumed the whole place because of the preaching and sharing of the gospel you are anointed but you've got to be aware of the times. Stand with me, would you please? You've got to be aware of the times. Now, I know some of you may be looking and going, "We have an unusual presence." Okay, we have a—he's a little different, and and I am a little different. I'm crazy, and I said, "But I'm crazy about Jesus." And I'm here because God's placed something on my heart for you, to give you in the deposit in you. I believe we're going to see things that we haven't seen before, and we're going to operate in areas that we haven't operated before, and we're going to begin to move in areas that we have not moved in before. I believe we are going to begin to incorporate the things of the spirit like we've never incorporated before. The worship was powerful. You kids can really sing. You dance. I, 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 tell you, I used to. I can do a little dancing, but I got a titanium hip over here. <laughs> It just kind of poked out one. I had to have it done some years, a few years ago, so I can dance for a little while, but then I got to calm it down. You kids, you guys can go from can till can. As much as you can do, you can't no more. So what I want you to do is this. Uh, uh, I was going to have the worship team come back, but I don't think we have the time because you guys are hungry. We're going to get you out of here. Here's what we're going to do. I want you, in just a second, to lift your hands to the Lord, and I want you, in your own way, I want you to speak it out. We're going to have a lot of people speaking it out, and then I'm going to close it real quick in prayer, and we're going to go to lunch, okay? What I want you to do is, in just a second, I'm going to lift your hands, and you speak what it is that you're believing God to do in you. Speak it out. Whether it's uh, fill me, Lord, uh, do great things in my life. Uh, I want to be a missionary. I want to be a pastor. I want to. I, I want you to. Uh, I want to grow in you deeply. I want to. I want to change the world for Christ. I want to work with those who find it difficult, uh, uh, sex trafficking or abortion, or whatever it is. I just want you to speak it out. Okay, let's lift our hands. Ready? On the count of three, we're going to say that. One, two, three. Let it go. Oh, yes, Jesus god i heard it oh lord jesus i heard it oh god it was beautiful it was beautiful lord listen to him listen to him listen to him listen to them god this is what they want from you this is what they want from you oh god and it is that that the lord will give you the change generation this generation that so desperately needs the power and the person of Jesus Christ through both his love and his power. Father, bless these students. Be with them. Give them great grace, great excitement to believe for the impossible, and that you will do. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.